Okay, welcome back to the Stay Current Podcast. We are doing another recent literature review with Dr. Jose Campos. Yes, on congenital pulmonary airway malformations, or CPAMs. Did I get that right, that acronym? Yes. I'm Rod Gerardo. And I'm Ellen Ensisco, a research resident at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Jose sent us another list of amazing articles that we're going to give to you in a case-based discussion. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Jose does it with a whole team. Pediatric Surgery Society of Chile. They help him pick out all these articles. We're going to give a link below to their social media. You could follow them. They have some great content. So this time we're talking to a 30-year-old female, G2P1. She's coming into clinic after her 24-week ultrasound revealed a left lung mass that looks like a heterogeneous mass of hypoechoic cysts. And in this case, we're not going to review the differential diagnosis We've talked about CPAMs on a prior podcast, but really this time we're going to focus on the conversation we're having with the mother prenatally about this finding and um, what to do about it or, or how to think about what to do about it. This baby was delivered and it's completely asymptomatic because there is a, a case, a, a small percentage of patients who will present with respiratory distress syndrome. And, and those, of course, we're not discussing whether they're getting an operation or not. So this, this patient is diagnosed prenatally and remains asymptomatic. Let's say you're having this conversation prenatally and the mother asks, how likely is it that this patient, that this child is going to be symptomatic of this lung lesion? We usually have had that conversation before the child is born, but most children are born, born asymptomatic. I was always told that this should be operated because the risk of them becoming symptomatic was pretty high. Well, we got a study for that. Okay, so this article is the natural history of prenatally diagnosed congenital cystic lung lesions. It's a long-term follow-up of 119 cases. It's from 20, 2017 and is published in Archives of Disease in Childhood. And we're going to give you the link to this article below the media player. Go ahead and click, open it up, read along with us. Some of these children are born asymptomatic, go out throughout life asymptomatic. What are the numbers here? And that's what this was trying to figure out. Yeah, and this was a prospective study, which I don't think there are many of for regarding CPAMs. They were followed up for a median of 10 years. They actually managed 57% or 68 of the patients conservatively. And, and of that 57%, the ones who were able to follow up, none of them became symptomatic. So this is talking about not symptomatic at birth, like respiratory distress. We're talking about, do they get respiratory compromise at birth, which I haven't seen in 20 years, it's very unusual, or are fine at birth, which is usually the case. And then the argument to resect it early is that they will go on to get pneumonia and pulmonary abscesses and potentially cancer. So the, the good thing about this study is that I think most serious that support operative management are retrospective. But actually, this is the, the only one I found that is completely prospective and also the only one that deals with the issue of short-term follow-ups. The question that we actually originally asked was how likely is it that the patient will become symptomatic? I know you get a huge range from 3 to 85% on retrospective studies, but all of their bias. But when you get to a systematic review of meta-analysis, actually one of them comes to number 3.2% and the other one comes to number 25%. That's still a huge rate. I guess also worth noting, we're going to give you links to other articles that we don't even talk about, like these ones. They'll be under the media player. Okay, so the second question that we need to talk about with the patient's mother is this risk of malignancy. 
This article is called Pleuropulmonary Blastoma in Pediatric Lung Lesions. It was published in 2021 out of pediatrics, and it was a study done by the Midwest Pediatric Surgery Consortium. Does the lesion at the time of birth have malignancy in it that we need to take out? Is there a risk of malignancy developing in the future? They retrospectively looked at the histology of 521 lung lesions that were resected across the 11 children's hospitals in the consortium. Out of the 344 prenatally diagnosed lesions, actually none of them had malignant pathology when they were resected. Right, but then of the other 177 children who had postnatal diagnosis of a CPAM, then 15 or 8.7% of those were classified as having a malignant tumor. Basically what they're saying is that the risk approached 10% for lung masses that were diagnosed postnatally. 10%, which is probably too high of a percent for most parents and surgeons. So Jose, does this change your management then? If it's postnatal, that doesn't really tell us much. No, I'm surprised by the number, but it does not change my management. To me, my opinion is that prenatally diagnosed asymptomatic CPAM, I would find it very difficult for them to give them an operation. Very difficult. And postnatally diagnosed, I would find it very difficult not to do an operation. These are almost two different diseases then, right? So prenatal is zero yeah, and postnatal is 10%. These are two different populations. Yeah. These are two different things. The International Pulmonary Blastoma Registry has 350 cases reported all worldwide. They, they have the most, the, the largest collection of health cases worldwide, and they've only found nine cases of uh, prenatally diagnosed lesions that actually turn out to be pluripulmonary blastoma. So, Jose, what do you not? In prenatally diagnosed lesions, do not do any, do not resect them. The common practice in Chile is to resect them more. Particularly in my hospital, we've had the discussion, we've we've read all of this, and we are currently, as I said, having the discussion with the parents. But actually, the, the academic discussion we laid on to them is more uh, not to have an operation. We said the CPAM was diagnosed prenatally. We talked about the risk of that child becoming symptomatic from that lesion. Well, let's say if we wanted to do conservative management, we want to leave it. What's the chance that it will then become malignant? And now we're gonna say, could this become infected? And so this paper is asking the question, does that matter for when you go to do surgery? And so it's called thoracoscopic surgery for congenital lung malformations. Does previous infection really matter? And this paper was published in 2021 in the Journal of Pediatric Surgery. So this was a, a retrospective study of thoracoscopic lung resections for congenital lung malformations. They looked at about 90 patients. They divided the patients up between whether or not they had had a prior pulmonary infection before surgery or not. And they compared operative characteristics and outcomes for those two groups. And they found that if you did not have a prior pulmonary infection, then the operative time was shorter. Yep. They had fewer post-operative fevers in that group, less need for antibiotics post-operatively, but they did not have any significant differences in post-operative complications. Right. Oh, I guess it's all probably also was saying that significant difference in the conversion rate as well from thoracoscopic to open. Nothing new here to add to the argument other than the question is, do you operate or not? That's the first question. I would say 
I really don't understand why anyone would wait. I don't, I don't understand the argument. If you decide you're an, you're someone who, re who removes these, that debate I get, do I operate or not? If you're someone that removes these, I don't understand the argument why you wouldn't do it early. This paper says that after infection, you have more thoracotomies, like you have higher rate conversion, that, that, that's demonstrated. It's being used as an argument for preemptive surgery to operate them all. And the number of patients that will, will have an infection is so low that you don't get the benefit of lesser conversion. If you only operate on those that get infected, you're going to miss those that get PPB without a pre-existing infection. And the way to avoid that is to screen everyone and take out every single lung lesion, which has a lot of unnecessary lobectomies in a group of people that have a very low rate of having a problem. So this is a very esoteric argument. There's no good or easy answer, but we're getting more and more data over time. We want to avoid malignancy. We want to avoid infection. So if you do decide to operate, then the next question is, when do you operate? Well, we have an article for that. It's called Optimal Timing for Elective Resection of Asymptomatic Congenital Pulmonary Airway Malformations. It was published in 2018 in the Journal of Pediatric Surgery. I had to, to group up the patients less than a year of age into three groups, between one and three months, four to six months, or six to 12 months. And they looked at the differences between those three groups about their operative time and their outcomes. The operative time increased with each increase in age, which actually matches kind of what Todd said, is that at younger ages, the planes are way easier to go through. So between one and three months, they had the lower, the lowest operative time at, or the shortest operative time at 115 minutes compared to 163 minutes in the higher age group between six and 12 months. Okay, so like, you know, an extra, almost an extra hour, basically. Almost, yeah. Almost. But luckily, there were no differences in major complications, uh, conversion rates, or readmissions between these groups. I think it's the strongest one that supports supports earlier intervention because, uh, well, they, they show the same complications. The surgery is actually shorter. Thoracoscopy is less offered. So the, the yeah. one to three month group, they had a 40% thoracotomy offered. So I think it, it has to do with, with your own expertise. If you're able to perform a right. safe thoracoscopy. The same exact thing is true with a perforated appendix. Kansas City showed that the complication rate of operating on an app on a perfed appy with an abscess is the same as when you do an interval appy. Even if the complication rate's the same, surgeons in general like to do a case that's easier and less stressful, right? So I would want to do the operation when it's the easiest to do. I, I see your point, but actually if you're doing an, an elective preventive resection of something, uh, it, it should be easy. It should be easy. It should have ne nearly zero complications. Like prophylactic operations should be close to zero complications. I, I see the point in, in doing that. I think there's a lot of nuance you'll have in this conversation with the patient's family, decision-making, the surgical team, the institution that you work in. And hopefully some of this literature can help guide you and help you make decisions with that family about, are you gonna operate? When are you gonna operate? Why are you gonna operate? All of these things that families are gonna wanna know and could help ultimately end up with, hopefully, better outcomes for the baby.
if you love this article review podcast or if you don't like it either way leave us a comment or a review whether you're watching us on youtube listening to us on apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify stitcher or if you downloaded the stay current pediatric surgery app it's free it's in the apple app stores and google play store download it today but until then i'm rod i'm ellen and remember knowledge, knowledge should, should be, be free, free. hey <laughs> <laughs>